This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. I think... I... Morning, Elliot. Go ahead and ask your question, Craig, and then we'll carry on. No, we... <laughs> Elliot clicked on our Zoom, but he's uh, taking a private call. Um, so good he now. was he was Yeah, he's good now, but... Um, <laughs> Petey and I were continuing our battle of the Tage Thompson contract. My feeling mm-hmm. with what I've witnessed and the growth of Tage Thompson, I think it would be a wise decision to re-up Tage Thompson. He has one year left at 1.4 million, which which is like literally one of the biggest steals in the National Hockey League after him scoring 38 goals and 68 points. Okay. I believe that Tage Thompson will continue, maybe not to score 38. I I I say he he would be a success if he scored 27 next year. Mm-hmm. But I want to re-up him and get him signed for maybe six more years after so we don't have to worry about Tage Thompson moving into the best years of his NHL career, which are going to be, you know, basically from 25 to 30. And it shocks me that you, of all people, believe that one year on a team that missed the playoffs with a lot of hidden circumstances in there want to go and hand out money. It just shocks me. But I, I, you, you say hand out money, but my thought... Elliot, I've started mind, your timer, by the way, so this doesn't... It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. My thought is that if we could get Tage Thompson under a reasonable contract for the team and Tage, where he is getting really good money and security, that we can take him out of that, that situation of Tage Thompson is on a one-year deal. He goes and scores... 38 goals again with 77 points next year. And now all of a sudden he's elevated himself past a five and a half million dollar contract and into a seven and a half million dollar contract. You understand? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, we, we understand. At. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in two years. Elliot, what do you, uh, do you know if there are plans for the Sabres to extend him? I think they'll talk about it. I, I don't think there's any doubt they're going to talk about it. Um, so I've just been looking this up. He is, um, this is his uh, fourth year. He's, he's got, are you sure it's two years until he's an unrestricted free agent? Or is it three? Very oh, no, he played 41 games in, he played 41 games in St. Louis. So this was his fifth pro season. It looks like it's two. Yeah, it looks like it's two. So he has um, next season at 1-4 and then he's RFA. He's an arbitration eligible RFA. He's a, the reason I got confused there a bit is he's a late birthday. His birthday's not until October. So because the NHL calendar is technically June, July 1st, he doesn't turn tw- uh, 27 until after July 1st. But he plays, this was his fifth season. So these ex NHLers and his yeah. dad being one of them and Keith Kachuk being another are brilliant. Are brilliant. They all plan these birthdays. Yeah, that's right. But they all the, think draft status before they even conceive, Elliot. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, hon, not tonight. It's bad for the draft status. And we're not doing it until it's got to be like September. 
Oh. <laughs> it's bad for the draft status. It's bad for the draft status. That's pretty funny. Not tonight, honey. No, I, I'm there's I, I an article for you. Bad draft status. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not a headache tonight, hon. So it's seven years or age twenty-five. Uh, he's you know he's finished his fifth year, so he's got two years. You're right. Look, here's my here's my number one question to both of you: Is Tage Thompson a cornerstone player for the Buffalo Sabers for years to come? Looking that way, yes. I would say this, Andrew. If if you think he's a cornerstone guy, you sign him as soon as you can for as long as you can. Because if he is a cornerstone guy, the price doesn't go down. It's that simple. And the other thing, too, is if you sign him now, you sign him for two years until he becomes a UFA, which probably brings the AAV down a little bit. Fair enough. And my I, only, I just my think, only I don't reservation. want to give Tage Thompson. I don't want to give Tage Thompson the ability to continue his insane growth. And what we witness as Sabres fans this year and across the league is it was a coming out party for Tage Thompson. He's six seven. He's two hundred twenty pounds. He skates exceptionally well. Not only was he a number one power play guy, Elliot. He's also killing penalties. He's also playing at the end of games. He is is a uh, Swiss army knife, okay? These players are hard to come by. Paige Thompson scored 38 goals this year and had 68 points on a bottom 10 team in the league. The team is going to continue to get better as Tage Thompson will continue to get better because he's at that age where the best years are going to come from right now 24 to 31 and i want to sign him i don't want to allow him to play out his 1.4 million dollar deal go and score 35 goals again and have 75 points and now all of a sudden he has elevated himself into another category again because well i still need i still need proof okay and here here and then we'll we'll talk to elliot about how tired he is he scored he scored two goals in his first nine games, had a few games where he scored some goals. Then he went a whole bunch of games without a goal. Then he had a two-goal game. Then he went a bunch without a two-goal game. Like, he went in long spurts, like, uh, of where he he didn't score. Like, he's a scorer. So I guess my point is, and then he really he was really heating up at the end in games that Elliot has said, I'm weary, I don't want to misquote you, but, you know, just about playing in games that, that don't matter. You know, you play a little more comfortable. So I guess for me, I would roll the dice as a team just to make sure that we're not going to be overpaying him for a one shot season. Maybe he's going to be a 25 and 25 guy, which is great, but I'm not paying him six and a half for that. You know what I mean? Or the number that you're talking, Elliot. Yeah, wait a second, hold on. I have another question for you about Tage Thompson. Sure. It, it looks to me like he really loves being a saver. hundred percent. That matters. That matters because you know what? You guys haven't had a lot of guys who love being savers. You know, it's why did you guys go out and trade for Alex Tuck? Why, why was, why was Alex Tuck so important in the Vegas deal? Cause Kevin Adams bet, and it was a good bet that Alex Tuck would be happy to be Buffalo when so many people hadn't happy, been happy to be in Buffalo. Tate Thompson looks to me like the, the, some of those games he played against Toronto at the end of the year this year, he was all over the ice. He was engaged, um, and he was, you know, he was standing up for his teammates and things like that. 
that looks to me like a guy who's really happy there. You guys have had trouble keeping people there. You know, like that says something to me. I I agree. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is a match made in heaven. This is a guy that came here years ago. He played his, you know, his first full season with the Buffalo Sabres. It didn't go as planned. They, they wanted to give him uh, a different look. They wanted him to continue to, to mature as a player. So they sent him down. They sent him down to the minors and he went and played in the minors with a great attitude. He worked on his game. He gained some confidence. And now years later, Okay. Now, years later, he's looking at his situation and he looks, he looks fantastic to me. Yeah. He looks fantastic. And I think he may not score 38 goals mm-hmm. next year, but could he score 27 goals next year and have 70 points? I think even if you have 27 goals and 70 points in a 38 goal uh, year, the year before, you're putting yourself in a position where he can either say, you're going to pay me the money or I'm just going to sign an arbitration deal and then I'm going to hold all the cards. Yeah. I want to uh, get Paige Thompson signed now. Okay. Right, all right now. He's at 24 years of age. He played unbelievable hockey. I see there's going to be a continued growth in his game. I want him signed now. He's a it, guy. It closes just like a bit of the said. wound too from the O'Reilly trade. I'm yeah. Like, you know, you and gotta, also like big, you're not big letting center. this guy go. Big yeah. centers like that, everybody yeah. wants one. Hey, if you guys don't want them, somebody else will gladly take them. No, we'll we'll keep them. We'll keep them. We just got to figure out a way to make it work. Um, how's it going, Elliot? Are you watching? You got to stay up for all these games, eh? It's not. Hey, it's not like that's a punishment, Andrew. Like that. Right. Like, okay. like it's it's not like that's hard work. No, it's uh, it's been a it's 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 been a lot. But it, I mean, the playoffs have been great. Like the the games this year have been excellent the first round when you have a series when you have a first round where seven of the eight series go at least six games and you get five games seven like that's that's fantastic and the second round started a little slowly but then that calgary edmonton game made up for it last night that you almost crazy. feel like there's like a major cross the league conspiracy the more playoff games the more hrr boys and we got a big gap to bridge here because don't you remember rib when we were playing like all you'd hope for now that you're out are the the big cash teams to yeah. advance like those you wanted chicago <laughs> in there you wanted uh, new york the Rangers in there toronto, toronto. <laughs> yeah all the big but money teams. with your funny. line of work are you obligated like how does it work for you are you mm-hmm. obligated to watch all of the series or are you given kind of like one series where this is your your baby dissect this uh this series how does how does it work for you it's kind of a hybrid of both craig you try to watch as much as you can but there's certain games that i'm working the broadcast of like in the first round you know, I didn't do any Carolina games or Minnesota games, for example, but I tried to watch as much of those as I could. And, you know, to, uh, but we're, we're producing three of the series in this round and we're running what's called a plug and play, which means you just take the feet of the other one. And that's Carolina uh, Rangers because it's going head to head with the Flames. So three of the four series we're broadcasting. So you got to you got to watch as much as you can. Well, that game last night, man, that was on. Friggin' believable. Un- Did you guys know that rule with Kachuk and Shillington? Did you guys know that? No, you know how many rules the players don't know. The helmet rules coming out now. They're all coming out now, eh? Like everyone's learning the rules of these playoffs. Well, the only you th- re- do you think every player un- understands the helmet rule? 
I, I got to tell you, to me, uh, that was a bad one, Craig. Like, I was shocked when I heard what the Penguins said. Like, that's one you got to know. Like, there are some rules. Like, like I could understand players last night not knowing the Kachuk-Shillington rule because, you know, that's that's on your coach. That's But the helmet rule, you got to know that one. You Like, we were shocked that – like, I, we assumed he didn't pick up his helmet because he didn't see where it was. Um, but like you got you gotta know that rule. You gotta know that you can put that thing back on. And the other thing about that, Craig, is in that situation, you're allowed not to have your chin strap done up. You don't have you just have to have the yeah. helmet on. And you like, can play you the puck if it's if it's near you, you can play the puck without your helmet. Yes, you gotta know that. That's a bad one. That was and then all the whole they're all talk the whole team's talking about it, like they blame the rule, and they're like, Well, no, the guy didn't know the rule. I mean well, I didn't know the rule. I would have skated to the bench because I thought the rule was if your helmet comes off, then you have to go directly to the bench. That's How many times do you see it during was. the regular season? All the time. A guy's helmet comes off, they go right to the bench. Like, it doesn't no. matter where the puck is. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, so, well, I think, I think also in, when you're a, in minor hockey, I think if it comes off, you have to go right to the bench. I don't know if the option's there to put it back on. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know either. But so um, you might, but but guys, that's bad. Like you got to know that rule. The one last night, one of the things that helped was BX knew the rule. He's like, uh, he'd say, "Be in the penalty." I saw box your tweet, and the timekeeper <laughs> would go, "Which one of you is going out first? So he knew, he knew that one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 I would I've known that rule. I don't, I don't know that I would have known that rule, but I feel like. Like for the people listening, like paint the scenario. It was a coincidental penalty, right? There, there were so what? What happens was so Shillington takes a holding penalty on or a penalty for tackling McDavid, and at the same time, Kachuk and Kane take coincidental minors for shoving each other. So there's two guys in the box for Edmonton and there's or for Calgary, and at the one same the box, time on the at clock. The same, at the same time on the clock, right? And there's one guy on the box for uh, Edmonton, Kane, and the Oilers have a power play. So at the end of the power play, Kachuk comes out of the penalty box and he ends up scoring. And people were like, wait a sec, uh, Shillington had the single penalty and then Kachuk got the coincidental minor. So how come Kachuk's allowed to come out of the box? They thought that was wrong. And Kevin said that he thinks that you have a choice because he would be remember being in the penalty box and he has 1,100 career penalty minutes. Uh, like a, a tiny number, right, Andrew? And uh, uh, listen, I love BX, man. I would love to have had him on our team at any time. But go ahead. Yeah, he's a great guy. And so, but so I called the league and I said, "What's the rule here?" And they told me what the rule was, and that is that if when you go into the penalty box in that kind of situation, the team is allowed to say to the timekeeper at the end of the penalty, "This player is leaving first. and they chose Kachuk. So it was perfectly legal. There was nothing wrong with what they did. I, uh, I listen, I, I can't wait for the next game. I mean, I just, yeah, at three nothing, I'm thinking, oh my God, are, are we seriously, is this happening? And then all of a sudden, let's like, you got a game. I mean, I just, this league is so unpredictable right now. And I, I think I'm, is that a good thing? I'm, I'm the happiest right. I've ever been with the NHL right yeah. now. These playoffs have, you know, they've they've made more of a fan out of me because I'm loving the hockey that we're seeing, you know, and yeah. regular season can be boring. Well, as you, hell. you do want no hitting and no fighting and you don't want anybody, you know, even 
brushing each other on the ice. So this is this has been good for you. That's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of skill and talent. <laughs> I got a I got a trivia question for you guys. You guys can okay. fire away at this. Who's the last guy in the National Hockey League to not wear a helmet? It's Craig McTavish, isn't it? Boom shakalaka. Are, yeah, are you surprised? Did you just learn this today, Craig? Uh, listen, not everybody's as knowledgeable as you, uh, Andrew, but, uh, <laughs> can you, uh, tell me the team that he played for? Was, was the last team he played for? Was the Rangers the last team he played for? Uh, St. Louis? The, well, was, well uh, yeah, Andrew, Lewis. correct. Nice job, Andrew. We are nice one, job. one going into the last question. Okay. One, one. I'm t- I got two here, bud. No, you didn't. He got the first one. You got the second what one. What do you mean? We, the whole fucking hockey world knows it's Craig McTavish except for you. No, I, I, I think gonna, Andrew, we're tied. I think I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> Don't swear on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So listen, last fucking question here. Um, what was the year that he uh, was the last year that he wore the helmet? You guys know Andrew because you're in the lead. You I'm going first. to say... Do I have to say the season or just can I 1990? You have to have the 1996, you know. 97. I was going to say 95, 96, because that's the year Gretzky was in St. Louis. Okay. Cause one of you guys are right. And it happens to be Andrew Peters. Let's All go. right, Andrew. Good job. Oh my God. You are unbelievable. Nice you, job, this Andrew. is something you guys won't, won't, you might be surprised at. I was, between the ages of nine and 17, I was a full on hockey stat nerd. Good man. I like the newspaper every Tuesday posted the weekend stats. I remember I would get the, I would get it. I would take it to school. I'd read it at lunch. Like I would just, I just knew I had hockey almanac books. And you know what, Elliot, here's one thing before we get back into playoffs, my dad took us to the hall of fame and made us, walk through all the old old stuff like we mm. wanted to go right to the interactive stuff is when the hall of fame first changed over and they had yeah. all the interactive stuff and we wanted to run to that into the stanley cup and he's like no you're gonna stop and look at all the history of the game all the old equipment the jerseys Good. all the players and it's just kind of like it you know it was anyway so you know i feel like i can relate to gretzky in that way because he's a real hockey historian too um yep that being said can you believe gretzky picked calgary over the oilers well, I, I think that's honest. I like that. No him. way. Mm-hmm. You got to go with your heart on that Are one. Are you serious yeah. right now? Are you serious, Elliot? Yeah. I think it's ballsy. It, damn right it's ballsy. You have all of Canada in your pocket right now. You have to send out a poll. Should most Gretzky have picked thing I've the ever Oilers? Seen. You think it's offside? <laughs> I think it's completely offside. Not just offside. I mean, egregiously offside. <laughs> Like, I've never I, seen you look so Wayne serious. Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky is identified Built the by, Oilers. All the, by the Oilers. He is, he is the he is Canadians Edmonton Oiler, the greatest player to ever play the game. And mm-hmm. you're gonna tell me, Elliot, that he is going to he is going to actually say the Calgary Flames. This is the Battle of Alberta. This is not picking Vancouver. This is not picking another team in Canada. Or this this is picking a team that's literally the biggest rivalry. I don't care if you think that they're <laughs> going to win. You have to go with Connor McDavid and the boys. 
Do you want me to give you his number and you can call him and tell him that? Oh, I feel big wheeled now. Yes, actually. No, no because I know that he listens to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, as far as I'm concerned, Wayne Gretzky can do whatever he wants. If he wants to pick the Calgary Flames, he's earned the right to pick the Calgary Flames. You know, he voted for the awards this year, eh? Listen, if he would have had 3,000 points, he could have done what he wanted. <laughs> but he didn't. That's outstanding, Rick. Hey, hey. Uh, do we know what he voted for? Uh, they all come out when the awards are announced. All the, all of the, uh, when the, when the awards are announced, all the votes are made public. So we'll know. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong. The Hart trophy, it's McDavid, Matthews and Yossi. No, that's the, uh, Pearson. The, okay, which that's the one the players voted on has the hard trophies by the media is McDavid Matthews and Shesterkin. I think that the fact that Johnny Goudreau is not on this is an absolute crime to the game of hockey. They can only pick three. I you just, know, I, I, Andrew, I got to tell you this year, it was a tough ballot. Like last year, the hard one was the Norris. This year, the hard one was the heart. I had eight people I wanted to put on my five, five man ballot. It was, um, and no order it was Matthews, McDavid, Yossi, Shesterkin, Goudreau, Crosby, Kaprizov, and Huberto. Like it was hard. Uh, that's tough. There were, there were there were eight guys who could have been on my ballot, and there and three of those guys got left off, and I didn't feel good about leaving them off. So who were your three? Do you can you do you mind giving? Are you allowed to give yeah, them? You don't have to. Uh, not, you don't have to. Don't worry about not, it. Not really, but I can give you a little bit of trouble. I'll say my top three. I won't tell you the order. I'll tell you them in alphabetical order. Are they all on the ballot now? No. Okay, so on one's NHL. off. So one or I, two. I had I had Yossi in my in my top three. I had Yossi instead of Shesterkin. So I in my top three, I had Yossi, Matthews, McDavid in alphabetical order. I bet you I can tell you who you picked. Okay. I can tell you right now. Who did I pick? You picked Matthews. I may have. I know you did. <laughs> Because I'm you don't like lie, Elliot. So I'm you don't like a lawyer. I, I don't. I don't like lying. I, and here's I the thing: it's kind, I'm kind of like a lawyer. And I read you like a book. The first player that you said when we talked about the heart was Matthews. Here's the thing: if you would have picked McDavid, you wouldn't have picked Matthews first. Then we go to it again. You say <laughs> My head's about to explode. Okay. Then Holy you went shit, to Hannibal Then you Lecter. went to well, who's the three? Andrew says who's the three? Well, I I had. Yossi in there. So then you said I had Yossi. Matthews is who you picked, and then McDavid. Because in alphabetical order, Matthews comes before McDavid. <laughs> well, whether he's right or not, <laughs> whether my he's, head's about to explode. Yeah, but you know what though? Those people that uh vote for Matthews, they're right. They're right. And if you vote for McDavid and McDavid wins, you're right. And Yossi, same thing. I mean, it like they're like you said, there this are eight is, guys who could have won the heart trophy. There's there's no eight wrong guys. choice for the heart yeah. right now, you know, with with the obvious choices. You know, I mean, and there's a multitude of people that can pl- that can win it, multiple of players, you know what I mean? Um what what are you talking about today, Elliot? Like, what's what's your big story? Uh, you know, first of all, how about your day off on Monday, eh? And then Toronto goes and has all their press conferences. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting there. I think they're going to try to do something big. I do. What's big? Is that a firing or an acquisition or a trade or what? Because they say they're holding Pat. Um, I, I, they didn't really say that. They, okay. they just said they believe in their group. I still think they're going to look at some things. I, I think they're going to look at a forward. 
Like, I think they're going to look, I've been using the phrase an absolute prick. They, they need to find a, and a top six forward who's just an asshole to play against. They need to find one. Someone who can play with one of their best players. Who's available? Mm. Who comes to your mind when you hear that? Would you sign Evander Kane? Mm. That's a good question. I, like, I just think like, the, one, the only thing is, you know, just, just Kane in that fishbowl, I don't know. I, like, how would he feel about it? I think that's that's one of the questions. You know, how would they feel about it? Um, I, like, I, like, just like I'm not saying this is going to happen, but here's some names I would throw out there who I think are guys that they should be looking at: J.T. Miller, uh, David Perron, uh, Mason Marchment, who was actually theirs before they traded him. Like they need someone like that, like a, a guy who's an absolute prick to play against, who's in there, who can play top six. Like they've brought in like guys like Kyle Clifford, Wayne Simmons, uh, but they're those guys are bottom six guys now at at their age. By the time they come to Toronto, they, what they need is somebody who is is that kind of a player with that kind of an attitude who can play in your top roles. I also wonder if they don't sign Campbell, what they're going to do in goal. Is Mason Marchman a, a top six forward in the league, though? I, I think he can play. I think he can play top nine. I do. I think he's shown this year. Well, I, got, I said top six. You just said I, top nine. Yeah, I think he can. He's definitely but, a top nine. Okay. Well, I'm so, saying, like, when Craig you Craig is about, in full dick mode today, Elliot. So. By the way, I've noticed both of you guys are in different rooms today. Like, what's going on here? None of your goddamn business. <laughs> <laughs> He's very aggressive today. I'm going to tell you. You should have. Well, you listened to us before the show. I'm going to tell you. Um, I, I I agree. What I'm what I'm trying to say is, you know, you have that Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. You know, will be on line number one, line number two. Yeah. Mason Marchment, love him. Watched him a lot this year in yeah. in, in Florida. He's going to be very sought after. Mm-hmm. Is he a top six? player is he a top six forward on on these top end teams though is the question my, my question is craig do you think he can be a top six player if he's playing with say uh austin matthews and mitch marner mm, i think i could be a top six forward elliot if i played with those two guys <laughs> well then the answer is yes no that's my thing like i like you know michael bunting i think he's a really good player I he's great he's, it's awesome and i think they need, they need another they need another kind of guy like that. And Bunting is proven. If you put him with good players, he can be very successful. Who's the guy that who, and I should know this, but who plays with Tavares and Nylander? It kind of rotated, but at the end of the year, it was Kerfoot. Okay. I thought That's Kerfoot, I, I thought he played pretty well, but I think they need an even bigger jerk than him. Like to be yeah, honest. See, so what are they doing? Are they going to move? I mean, they're not going to move Matthews, Tavares, Marner. So is Nylander, uh Is that someone they'd look to free up some cash? And like, how are they going to manage all this financially? Well, I, I think that's the thing. I I think that we're going to see. I think. Look, I, I think what they're going to do, Andrew, is I think they're going to see what's out there for everything. Okay, if we put this guy out here, what can we do? If we put this guy out here, what can we do? And that's what I think is going to decide it. Who's taking Shea Weber's deal this year? Speaking of uh, bad contracts and things like that, anybody? Well, I, I think Arizona looked at it. So we'll see what they do. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Okay. 
let's get your playoff predictions here because we haven't really had a chance. We know the games have already started, but who who are you taking here? Who's going to be in your conference finals? Uh, I had uh, Calgary, and these were before game one. I had Calgary. I had Colorado. Holy smokes, do those guys look good. I had I had Tampa. I have a rule I don't pick against Tampa. And I and I had Carolina. So so far I'm in good shape. But I promise those were my picks before this. I went six and two last round. The two I got wrong, I got Carolina wrong. I, I didn't I wasn't crazy about Ronta and you know he proved us all wrong. And I got Minnesota wrong. I am so I'm not gonna force an F word out there. I am so mad that the Rangers gave up that game last night. I am so, I am rooting so hard for Chris Drury. It is sick. I want him to succeed. Has he come on your podcast? He doesn't do interviews. I've seen him do one in the last like five he, years. And, and to be, and, and to his credit, it was terrible. I mean, he's not an interview guy. He's never been always passed it off to Danny. I don't mean he's an, he's so smart. He's yeah. so well-spoken. He's a great leader. When he's talking to you, he doesn't like the camera. I he know was, that. So you know what you tell him? You tell him we'll do an audio only one. You don't have to be on camera. You just do the audio. Look, look, look. You know, like how many I, times did you beat up somebody because they looked even in Chris Jury's wrong direction? He owes you. No, you should tell him he owes me. And then we'll <laughs> we'll let the domino effect go from there. I'm just rooting for him. I mean, he went out and made all these radical moves even though one guy's not playing right now and it's yeah. just like you know and, and you look and you think i just want him to do well you know i i do former teammate like that who i understand you know, greatest captain i ever played for in buffalo you know i'm no offense so. riff <laughs> no but i also had langenbrunner in jersey i also had langenbrunner in jersey i'm gonna tell you that guy's no joke man he is he's unbelievable leader um so anyway i was just pissed that. that the rangers gave that up I like it. It looked like they were going to hang on. Like, like you, you look at that series last night, and there's the uh, uh, the opening round of the, these last two series. Last, you look at the opening games of this round: Florida, Edmonton, Rangers. They're all going to regret those games. One, they're all going to regret those games. The Colorado thing was different. They like St. Louis was lucky to be in overtime. Bennington was unbelievable. But those other three teams, those were all winnable games that they lost. Was it that missed the net? Uh, I was watching the game. I mean, wide open net in the third. Um, Rangers. I, I didn't see it because the Calgary game was on at the time. Yeah, side of the net. And he just, I, I can't remember who it was. Left-handed shot. And I was just like, oh, my God. That's the game yes. right there. That's the game. Anything going to be on the market this year? Well, the problem is the other goalie is uh, a UFA. Huso, right? Yep. So if can you go from Bennington Huso to neither of them, unless you have another option. So the only way I would say is if they have another option, that is they trade Bennington and keep Huso. We'll see. I mean, Bennington's won the job back. If you want to win the Stanley Cup, you got to have the best goalie. And right now, yep. Bennington looks like their best goalie. Any trades going on behind the scenes? I think teams are talking. I, I think they absolutely are. But the problem is, is that why would you make a trade now unless you – think that it's going to be the best deal that you can make. Don't you want to see who gets knocked out and what they decide they have to do? Okay. Give in five seconds. Give me the storyline that you think is biggest right now in hockey. After the playoffs, Barry trots. Okay. Where's it going? Where, where do you think he's going? I think Philly's going to make him a big offer. Philly. Yeah. So you're looking, they're looking to rebuild and restock the cupboard. Do you right think now. Barry 
Barry Trotz wants to do that, or do you think he wants to go to a, an opportunity like, say, Vegas? I think that Barry Trotz is, is thinking about how much longer he wants to coach. I think he would like to go into management. Um, but I think Philly, a team like Philly might make him think, it's like the godfather, man. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Hmm. All right. Barry Trotz. It's going to be north of uh, Babcock? I don't know if it'll ever get to that high again, but it's going to be a big number. Why, why did they let him go in the island? What do you know? Well, I think, I, I think last year was a really hard year in New York, and I think it was frustrating for a lot of people. I also do think that their assistant, Lane Lambert, I don't know how well you guys know him. I think they were going to lose him, and Lou Lamorello said, look, we've got one more year of Barry Trotz, and then why would I want to lose this guy if I think he's going to be our next head coach? So I think How many years has Lane Lambert been with Barry Trotz? A lot, like like twenty, like twenty years. Yeah, he was. So on this the is bench. going back to this is going. Were My brother played for Lane Lambert in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. yeah, Milwaukee. Was that the year you fought with him? No, no, no. That was after. <laughs> that was years after. You know, you don't have to bring up all the shit every time, eh? I think it's such a good story, man. It's a great story. You should get Jeff's perspective of it sometime. I bet you'd give you a different story than I give you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're over to the time. We 30 minutes with Elliot. No, it's playoffs. okay. I, I got a few more minutes. Anything else you guys want to do? Well, uh, I'm well, happy to, I'm happy to bend it for you guys. So like, you know, like, uh, I got a few more minutes. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I, I appreciate it. You've been a little boring today, Elliot. And I think we're just going to end it here. <laughs> <laughs> it's your terrible trivia questions. Yeah. yeah well, that kind of, you know, a lot, a lot of Craig so, McTavish I guess, today. I guess, again, you know, we talk, is there anything that you're hearing, anything at all that you're hearing about the Sabres? No. Whether it's, it's, whether it's through now. Anderson making a decision, um, what are they looking for? Wh- who on the open market would they have an eye on? Because Kevin Adams talks a lot about not, not bringing players in that, that are going to smother the development of these young guys at all these different uh, – positions so it's mm-hmm. i'm just in, interested to know you know what at what point in time do you start to integrate you know and make trades for significant a significant piece i don't think they need five of them but like a real significant piece to make this team better well i think one of the things that i kind of wonder about is well the one thing that's obvious is who's going to play with power right that's number one. The second thing I think I kind of look at is, do you think they're going to name a captain? Do you? I, I do. Whether I, I they think, name the captain. I think it's something is, that's on their radar. Well, the, we know who the captain is. Opozo? Oh, it's, it's, it's undeniable. It's undeniable for the organization. It's undeniable for every single young player and even middle-aged player in, in the locker room. It is undeniable that Kyle Poso is the captain of this team. Mm-hmm. Whether they name him captain, he's got one more year on his deal, and, and what happens after that, we don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting what they do with that. Because there are some younger guys coming up that have really 
taken the opportunity to learn from guys like Kyle Oposo, mm-hmm. to learn from guys like Zemgus Gergensen that could be here for a much longer period of time, you know, after those guys are gone, right? So it's it's interesting to see what their thoughts going to be on that. Kyle Oposo, well, he might only have one more year here, mm-hmm. but he's been through some shit and he deserves to wear the C. That's a reward for the shit that he's been through in, this, in his six-year contract with the team like yeah in my opinion give it one more year to see if a tuck or a doll dollying for me it would be tuck long term after that but i mean that's obviously that's a little biased but also earned based on the short thing that we short time that we've seen him as a saber but you know i mean that like whatever but i just think oposo deserves to wear the C. I think that would be important for him, especially if that's his last year with the team. And then who knows if he has a great year, bring him back the next year on a more team friendly deal and he can wear it for a couple of years. I'm just sending a note right now to see if I can answer one of the other questions, which is what Ooh. Uh, Gretzky uh, coming on the podcast. Yes. Or, or Chris Drury. Is it one of those two? <laughs> yeah, well, while you're, well, you know what, you know, while we're, while you're doing that, I'll tell you, you know what? Like, I don't think I would ever want to bother Chris with asking him. I don't not think right I would, now or not right now. In the no, no, no. I don't think I just want, I don't think I want to get denied, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he so what I, you're saying this, this super amazing guy, he's just unapproachable. No, that's he's actually, that's, that's, that's all I hear is Chris Jerry is the greatest. This and he's the greatest little league baseball player. And, <laughs> He's like, you know, he's greatest at everything. Like, I've never heard a bad thing about Chris Jury about, except for like you just basically said he's super boring in interviews. And um, I think he'd probably say that, and it might even be by design because he just you don't see him interviewed. He doesn't. Oh yeah. He doesn't do interviews. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it's like I don't know if what it, is he like behind the scenes then? Give us some Chris Jury behind the scenes action. You know, how is he, he is like a the dry sense of humor, sneaky dagger thrower, you know, serious person. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's a, it's a great mix of every, it's all about timing for him. Like when it's time to have some wit and humor, he brings wit and humor. And when things are good, he's always in a great mood. And when like, he might not have been Crosby-esque in terms of statistics, but the way he approaches his life, the privacy, like instead of going and doing an autograph signing, they bring the stuff to his house. He'll sign it and send it back. Like, like that's how he does stuff. He's not, he doesn't like, I, I shouldn't so say. He thinks he that he's bigger than everybody. Let me tell you what Mike, how Mike Greer described him years ago. He called him Kaiser Soze. I like that. I like that. A lot. It's and one it's, of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's a great reference. But it's like, you know, we because, you know, years ago we did the show. We had Greer on. He was in town to coach the top prospects game. And, and he came on the show. And, and I was like, you, you still talk to Drew, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And we're chatting. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, Kaiser Soze. I mean, no one knows where he is. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's unbelievable. Soze. And every now and then, every now and then, my phone will ding. And it'll be Chris Drury, and he will be he will have a screenshot of his TV watching Major League. That was our common bond, was the movie Major League. Ah. That's his favorite movie. So yeah. you know, he he's and that's why I think that that duo, and it's it's kind of like an iconic duo here in Buffalo, the the Chris Jury, Danny Briere. Danny Briere, um 
he was a mouthy bugger on the ice. He was a feisty oh, little firecracker. Dang. Oh, yeah. He dang. was absolutely oh, yeah. off the chart, unbelievable, skilled. He knew it, and he let you know it. And Chris Jury didn't say a damn word, ever. Not, not, so, not one word that I can recall in all the years that I played against you guys here in Buffalo. I cannot recall one alter, altercation with Chris Jury, but I remember a ton with Danny, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so six twelve PM on Sunday before game seven, Elliot, this is what I sent Chris Drury in a text message. Okay. okay. I'll show this is what I sent him. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. Okay, so I sent that to him at six twelve. That's what is it? What is it for the people listening? Major League, when you know they were, you know, Jake Taylor stands up. There was like a moment of like triumph with the team, and he's like, "Guess there's only one thing left to do," you know. And you heard the line. So then he just sent back, you know, a little little later, "LOL, exactly right." So there's a backstory to that. We were down three nothing to Ottawa in oh six oh seven playoff series. Okay. And Lindy Ruff comes in. It's it's before game four in Ottawa, and he gives this motivational speech. Like every 33 or 33 years it's been since a team came back three nothing or whatever. I can't remember what it was. And he was doing the math and he's like, Who says it can't be us? And blah, 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 blah. And Lindy walks out after, you know, and the guy's like, Yeah, you know, like and he and, and Drew slides over to me and he goes, That was your chance to say the line. And I go, What line? And Tim Connolly comes over and he goes, that was your chance to say the line. And I was like, what line? And he goes, well, I guess there's only one thing left to do. Win the whole fucking thing. Oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, like that was my moment. Like, but I didn't know that I should insert myself. You know what I mean? Anyway, did just, you win? No, uh, we won that game, but then we lost the series at home. So game five, but anyway, yeah. So that's that. That's every now and then I'll I'll, I'll hear from Drew, but I I don't know. I wouldn't want to overstep my boundaries and and ask him to come on because I know he doesn't like doing interviews. So I wouldn't even put him in that position to feel like he had to or say yes or whatever for him to come on. So you know what you do, and I respect that about him. What's that? You know, you know what you do. This is this is what you do. Like some advice from like just a person who does this stuff after they're out. Whenever that is, give him a couple weeks and say, send him a note. Say, look, Chris, I'm only going to ask once. I'm not going to bug you. Ribs and I have a podcast and send an email or something. You know, Ribs and I have a podcast. We'd love to have you on. I'm not going to ask you again. Open invitation. If you want to come on once during a less busy time for you, it's an open invitation. Fuck, and I'm that gonna way you leave this. I'm going to use, I'm actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to cut this clip and send it to him in a video. Yeah. He's, he's, if, if it's with me, he's going to hit the lead right away. <laughs> oh, come that's, that, that's what I would, that's what I would do. And I'd say, look, I'm only going to bug you once. Riv and I have a podcast. We'd love to have you on at any time. You can even say to him because like this podcast isn't like a grilling area. We say we can go over things you want to talk about beforehand. And, but I'm not going to bug you. I'm not going to send you 20 notes. Just this one. Open invitation. Great, great, uh, great advice. We'll, 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 maybe we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, uh, but I will. I'll, I'll definitely 
give it a shot. No, you say it like that. Did you, you had some conversations with him over the years? Oh yeah. I mean, like, I think you nailed him. He's, he, he's, he's media phobic. He doesn't like a lot of attention. He tries to keep things private, um, but he's a really smart guy. He's uh, there's no question. He's really sharp. And, and I, and I, one thing I agree with you, he likes to work in the darkness. It's like, uh, you know, Bane from, uh, from the Batman movie. I am, I was born in the dark. Like that's, that's Chris Drury. Drew is, uh, he is, he's in it. Uh, he disappear. Kaiser Soze, Mike Greer nailed it. Uh, that is so good. And, and you know what? Guess who works for the Rangers? Mike Greer. You know what I mean? Like those two guys are, are, you know, they've always been super good friends. So anyway, Elliot, awesome time today. Thanks for the extra time. We appreciate it greatly and the advice and I uh, look forward to chatting with you next I- week. By the way, I have a bit of an answer for you. I, I still think that uh, the 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 best thing I the best answer I can give you on um, on uh, Craig Anderson is that he's still taking time. From what I understand, he's not ready to make any decision yet. And by that, that means how much are you going to pay me to come? No, back? I, I don't know if that that is true in this particular case. Like he, he is in his forties. He has had some pretty severe injuries and the family is always a thing too. Um, I, I don't believe that money will be the determining factor here. And to be honest, Buffalo, Buffalo can, can pay him. Right. Like first right. I, like, I think it was one guy that deserves to be overpaid. It's Craig Anderson, bring him in one year, 4 million bucks. And here's a little retirement gift for you. I think the other thing you guys know too, from being through this is before you can decide if you're going to, before you can decide what your contract's going to be, you have to decide that you're ready to put yourself through it again, right? To get ready at that age and to know what that means going to mean. Yep. You have to make that decision first and then you can talk contract. Okay. I'd like to see him hang on to Malcolm Subban too, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I mean, I think the, like that whole Anthem thing, that was awesome. And I've heard great things about Malcolm as a team. Yeah. People have just you ever that, seen that, that in, in, uh, in a professional sport? The only reason I have is because when I was a kid, do you remember, were you guys Blue Jays fans at all? Uh, Okay. There was a picture the Blue Jays had in the 80s named Roy Lee Jackson. He was a reliever for them. And he sang the national anthem before a game once. That's the only one I remember. Wow. But it's very fair. And I'll tell you, Subban has a great, great reputation as a teammate. He really does. Yeah. Well, you listen. I mean, we didn't get Eric Portillo out of college from – from Michigan and Devin Levi decides uh, to stay also with, uh, with Northeastern. And I think they're, they're going to need a, a goaltender. And I think Malcolm Subban is a guy that uh, has the ability to be, be the number one guy, the number one call up if needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Be a good situation. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a first round pick. I mean, who's to say he's not a late bloomer goalies. It doesn't have to be 23, 24 years old. Right. Um, I will say this though. Sign him, bring him back. Sign his brother, bring him in for a year to play with Owen Power. I don't know. Maybe that's a popular or unpopular thought, but I, I love P.K. Subban. So, but he'll probably be on TV somewhere. Elliot, thanks for your time. Oh, are, you, are you getting us more info? He's on TV, he's on TV now. No, no, that's, uh, that's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. Great stuff, man. He is on TV now, but I just mean like this, I mean, for like a permanent gig. I think that's what he'll be doing yeah. after hockey for sure. Yeah. He'll he'll be able to write his own ticket. There's no question about no that. No question. Thanks, Elliot, for your time.
All right, boys. Speak to you next week. Yeah, yeah for sure. Thanks, That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.